Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Only British university campus in all of West Africa. My name, as always, is Yabanafo, and I'm excited to bring you today's edition of Masterclass. In the last couple of weeks, we've been having a great conversation on project management. Latif shared some wonderful thoughts with us, and the conclusion we had was that pretty much everything we do in life is some form of project because it has a beginning and it has an end. Good afternoon to you, Latif, if you're listening, and to all those who listen to us here on the show or who missed it, videos are available on our Facebook page. We will also be streaming live on Facebook today with our conversation. Today, we want to start a new conversation, one of those things that has sort of colored all discussions across all fora, if you like. Um, and this is what has been brought on, should I say, one of the effects of COVID-19. I like to say COVID-19 because it's the greatest sort of catalyst that has brought this conversation on. And we're looking at the future of work, the future of work. You know, I tried to look up a couple of definitions of the mm. phrase work. And maybe sometime in the conversation, um, I will be sharing some thoughts on that. If you have any idea, I'd like you to write these things down so that when we do get interactive, uh, you pick up that phone, give us a call or share your comments. What would be the difference that you think is between the phrase employment or the word employment, a job or work because of the conversation that we're going to be having today. Today, we're going to be joined by another wonderful gentleman. I always say that the people that we bring here on the show, we take our time to bring them because they are experts in their own fields of endeavor and they come here to share thoughts with us, information with us that you would have otherwise had to pay for, sit in a lecture, log on to some portal, pay some USD, you know, currency to be able to get, but they come here and they share this with us because we want to make your business successful and want to make Ghana great and strong. I'll be sharing his name shortly, but he's a gentleman. He has a long resume. One of those resumes that um, I always say that when I grew up, I want to be like him. I had the privilege of, um, of talking to him yesterday. I'm introducing him shortly, and he's a wonderful person. He started his career in insurance and risk management and had stints with Aeon Risk Services, the Miller Insurance Group, and the Norwich Union. His CV is so long. I'm going to try. He's the director of LIP Partners Africa and a director of the Center for Executive and Professional Development, CEPD, in London. He's also um, been in entrepreneurship and the innovation space. He's a co-founder of the Hatchery and Coral Reef Innovation Labs, which help early-stage ventures and business planning and modeling. I'm trying to find which part of his CV. He's also the director of Impact Investment Social Innovation Africa, and the director and founding partner of Redefines Energy Limited and a bulk distributing company. He does so many things, but I will just mention his name <laughs> and he will tell us a bit more about himself on the resume I have read. My guest for this conversation and the next four weeks is Mr. Richard Osei Enim. Richard, you're welcome to the conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you Richard, for who are inviting you? Me. Who are you and what do you do? <laughs> for the for the benefit of my listeners. So that they can put you in a certain box in their mind. Uh, right. Okay. Who are you and what do you do? So, I mean, uh, the, my, my background is quite eclectic. So, mm. I, I've had all sorts of stints in insurance, risk management. I've been in academia. I was an adjunct lecturer mm. in, in Greenwich University. I did Greenwich Community College, CIBT, and so on. But 
I've, I've had stints in the petroleum space, uh, entrepreneurship, innovation. But in the last three years, my focus has been on education, mm. education technology. Um, I keep going back to education for some strange reason. I think there are quite a lot of my kith and kin mm-hmm. involved in education. If you go to Kukrantumi right now, my grandfather started the primary school there with the Catholics mm-hmm. about 70 years ago. So I think education has always been lurking somewhere in, in, in the space. So uh, the last three years we've been, as Coral Reef, have been involved in education technology. Digitalizing, I always have to take my time and say, digitalizing mm-hmm. schools across, across, across Ghana mm-hmm. in the private space. So certain smart labs mm-hmm. uh, in, in those uh, uh, environments kind of an interesting um, exercise because then you're looking at dealing with kids, introducing them to technology and the impact of what you do on the future of work and skills. Mm, mm. So the foundation for the future of work and skills right. is actually education technology. I, I, I was telling you earlier that you are letting me do a whole semester course in four in weeks. Four weeks. <laughs> 10 minutes presentation, know, and uh, we, we sort of uh, get, get on that. We'll, smart. we'll, we'll try and, uh, and business owners, they uh, yes, are smart. Yes. But you know, I'm smiling for a reason. Mm. And if you are like me, you have a curious man like me. <laughs> and if you're watching us live on Facebook, if you're not watching on Facebook, please, by all means, go and, go and watch it. I'm smiling because if you are like me, you see how you are struggling. You are listening to Richard, and you are still struggling to put him in a certain box. You don't know what exactly he does. That's exactly the conversation <laughs> that we're going to have today. He, Richard is going to tell us in the next 15 to 20 years, the next, the top 10 jobs mm-hmm. that are going to be relevant mm-hmm. because of all that is going on with all this digitization. So it's no longer the traditional things you see. Things are going to change and they're going to change really fast. And Richard is already there. That's why you can't seem to tell exactly what he does. <laughs> it took me Three hours yesterday when I was putting myself together. So this man, what does he do? He's everywhere. What, what they call a portfolio career. So, so um, yes, at the tender age of 19 mm. or 20, when I was considering university, mm. I, I think I didn't get proper career advice mm. because I ended up in a space that ordinarily, I think I'm suited to a litigious environment like law. Mm. Uh, mm. But I, I didn't get that kind of... Uh, but here I am, yes. Ready for the future. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, 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 I mean, my, my career has gone through different, different... Mm. It also may be Underneath there somewhere is some entrepreneurial uh, gene mm. uh, lurking, lurking behind, behind the scenes that spurs, spurs me on. Interesting. So here's what I have found. Mm. Um, I did a bit of um, uh, research. So Wikipedia tells me that employment, those three things I asked you to check mm. for me. When we get interactive, I'd like your feedback on that. Employment is a relationship between two parties, usually based on a contract where work is paid for. This is according to Wikipedia. A job... Is something that a person does regularly to earn money. This is according to Miriam Webster. And work is an activity such as a job, or uses the word job here, which requires exertion of your mental or physical um, faculties. So again, there's sort of some similarity between all the three. But today we're talking about the future of work. You can call it the future of employment or the future of jobs. Whatever it is, it is not going to be the same if you are going to be here in the next 15 next 20, 25 years. Things are going to be significantly, significantly different. And so, here's some additional information for us. According to a report by McKinsey, COVID-19 has accelerated existing trends across the world and has brought on new things like remote work, Mm -hmm. like Mm e-commerce, and like automation. 
again, in that same report, it talks about the fact that more than 25% of employees than previously estimated are now looking to switch occupations. So hitherto, they were doing something else. But now more than 25% of people who used to do other things are now looking to do different things as a result of what happened with COVID-19 and as a result of the emergence in remote work, e-commerce, and automation. Things are changing across the world. Um, according to the 2016 Future of Jobs report from the World Economic Forum and Fundamental, um, sorry, and World Economic Forum, fundamental skills like critical thinking, problem solving, and decision making are now going to become the building blocks and form the framework of what we call the future of work to help employees. So clearly, everything that we know, we have known, we have done is going to change. Over the next four weeks, we'll be looking at a lot of information. Today, we're going to be focusing on the future of work and the skills sets that is required. And uh, Richard is going to be taking us to that. We're streaming live on Facebook. By all means, do follow us for those of us who like to take notes. And when we get interactive, you can ask all your questions. So, Richard, I'll hand over to you now. I know we have okay. some slides. Yes. Um, you may not be able to go through all of them. No, no, no. But just I, sort I of follow yeah. through so that people can follow the conversation. Yeah for flow of thought and for chronology. Yeah, I mean, just your summary alone, I think we've finished the show. We can, we can go home now. Um, but you're talking about the differences and mm. the changes that have, that are, that have uh, sort of uh, happened. Uh, the last 18 months, I've got friends that have just gone back to work after 18 months working, mm. from, working from home. From home. Uh, there's this, what they call the great resignation, the great awakening, mm-hmm. uh, YOLO, YOLO economy, you only live once economy. Mm-hmm. So employees are now dictating to their employers globally. Yeah, I'm not sure what's happening in Ghana yet, uh, but in certain parts of the globe, employees are dictating the kind of hours that they will work. They are, they are, they are negotiating and bargaining a lot more harder mm. in terms of uh, their wages and so on and their holidays and so on and so forth. So um, the McKinsey report is, is so spot on. Uh, the World Economic Forum, which I'll be quoting mm. copiously from, has mm. been like the Bible as far as the, uh, the, the future of work is concerned. I'll, I'll run through some, some slides. Um, so this week, really, we're, we're looking at the, the global view. Uh, week two and three, I would like to focus on basic education, starting from early childhood, mm. Uh, secondary education and tertiary and how that impacts on the future of work mm. and then the final week we'll actually look at some practical uh, case studies case studies and and see how yeah. uh, your listeners could sort of pick some ideas uh from from what I we're love talking the case about studies because they bring the conversation home absolutely people are able to sort of put themselves in the absolutely. context of all the conversations that have taken place. absolutely yeah. so so for 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 this one maybe you can ask them this question mm. if an algorithm replaced their jobs today, what would they do? Please, write down that question. Write down your answer to this question when we get interactive. I'd like if to you woke up this morning and our algorithm had replaced you, what, what would you do? You and I, I mean... Uh, I'm quiet because I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you do if an algorithm replaced you and, and the work you do? Um, COVID has obviously accelerated uh, digitalization. Mm-hmm. Automation. These two words, AI, not artificial intelligence, but automation and innovation. Mm. Automation Mm. tends to disrupt, okay, where it causes lots of uh, confusion. People would tend to have low skills and so on that Mm -hmm. will lose their jobs. Innovation tends to 
create opportunity for new types of jobs. So even though industries are changing, uh, businesses are changing, and there are all sorts of um, revolutions happening because of the emergence of technology, um, where automation displaces people, innovation creates a plug. And in some cases, creates as, as many as, maybe sometimes as much as 25% uh, increase in, in jobs. So this whole thing about ro- robots replacing human beings. And so, yes, there are certain aspects of our lives that we will have some interventions uh, from, from robots. But, uh, I mean, throughout time, any time you introduce uh, technology, uh, is the shift or the structural change means that people need to look at how they change their skills to fit the new uh, paradigms that that, that are being created. So uh, my favorite slide, I'm I'm not sure if they're they're showing the slides, but decoding the economics of uh, COVID-19. This was one of my favorite slides uh, during uh, the uh, the height of... Which number uh, slide is it? This is slide four. Okay. Slide four, decoding the economics of, okay, of COVID-19. So the production team has put that slide up now okay. on Facebook if you're, if you're watching. Okay, so it goes through several industries, about 14 different industries. Mm. Tourism and leisure, uh, aviation and maritime, automotives. It starts from a red and then it goes, turns into yellow mm-hmm. and then light green all the way to green, deep green. It actually talks about potential losers and winners in a COVID paradigm. Mm. So aviation, I'm sure you saw planes. I mean, Emirates is my favorite airline. And when we weren't able to travel, you could see at the Dubai International Airport, mm-hmm. I mean, planes, just just what you call it, parked. and no, Nobody going anywhere. You know, the hit on the aviation industry was just it was phenomenal. Huge. It was huge. Automotives. Automotives. Car, I mean, nobody was buying. Where are you going? Uh, where are you going? You're staying, um, staying in one place. Uh, yes. Const- lockdown. <laughs> Construction and real estate. Uh, a friend of mine uh, is, is in real estate. and Nobody was buying any houses uh, during, during that period. Uh, manufacturing. Again, depending on what sort of manufacturing mm. we're, we're talking about. Smart manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Where that, that, that also sort of... Uh, when financial services. Mm-hmm. Then... Suddenly, everybody was involved in selling something. We became a, a nation of merchants. Sure. Okay, so people brand something in Katiboga, uh, stick it on Instagram. They have a Momo account. There's a courier that can deliver. They're in business. Okay, that's and an it, example. It even looks nicer on the branding <laughs> than when you receive the package. <laughs> so, 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 so um, those are some of the things that an education. Uh, my mother runs a school and she, and, and she shut down and no fees, yeah. uh, lots of uh, education and, and the ramifications of that still uh, is still going on. Going on. Yeah, it's still, it's still going on. Oil and gas. I mean, oil price dropped significantly. Let, let me run through it. But then the winners or potential winners were e-commerce, mm-hmm. uh, agric, everybody's got to eat, Naturally. ICT, all our digital platforms, the data that people are consuming. Uh, that was uh, phenomenal. I, I think MTN made pretty much all the 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 the, 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 the telcos, actually, telcos actually made a lot of money in that period because everybody was buying 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 data. You were home watching Netflix or browsing or yes, doing online classes or something of the sort. All sorts of things were were, were happening on that. If you had to do Zoom meetings yeah. or, or, or or that was big the, also. It was it was yeah. also very big. 
personal and health care, food processing and retail, and then medical supply services. You know, so those were, if, if they can go to the slide that talks about the opportunity, the jobs landscapes okay. uh, in 2022. This is slide number nine, right? Yes. The, okay. the, the, the jobs landscape. And it talks about the top 10 emerging jobs. I'm, I'm and the top 10 I, declining. I'm very interested in this. Spend a yeah. bit of time on this for me. Okay. So that our, our, our people listening to us will understand that. Mm. We're talking about the future of work. Mm. What's going to happen? The way we work is changing. The, the way we do things is changing. But also even more important is the, the kind of jobs that are going to be relevant going into the future. What kind of jobs should you be looking at? If you're already in employment, great. You should be looking at doing that. But if you're not in employment, you're preparing to go into the world of creating jobs or employment. Then yeah. you should begin to look at these things. If you're young, you're in school, you're listening to us, you're wondering um, how exactly am I going to position myself to be relevant in the future. Yeah. This conversation is for you because, like you said, you didn't get that kind of guidance when no. you, you were there. But it's important now that people prepare for the future Absolutely. because that future is here. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you... When you um it, it's like when, for instance, you 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 there's a car, mm. or you 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 are aspiring to buy a car, mm. uh, maybe a, an Aston Martin or yeah. something. And suddenly, all the comps, all the pictures, everything that you mm-hmm. see uh, is is geared towards towards that car. Yeah. It's the same with uh, this conversation about future of work. Just yesterday, I happened to chance on the on a conversation. On a conversation with um, Richard, do me a favor. Hold on to that thought for me. Interesting conversation, but we've just had some breaking news. Um, I'd like to hand over. We're moving over to the news team now. Once this is done, we we may come back to this conversation. But we want to move over straight to the news team. We hand over to Evans um, right now. The events as they happen, when they happen, where they happen. Joy ninety nine point seven FM. Your most reliable news source. And of course, uh, some uh, breaking news coming out of the uh, police headquarters. Uh, It relates this running uh, battle between the police and parliament over the uh, attempted arrest of the MP for Medina, uh, Francis Xavier Sosu. Uh, We have the latest on this and the police uh, in the last few minutes has confirmed to Joy News that they have now formally filed charges against the member of parliament and he will be hauled before court uh november uh on november 8th to be very specific i want to go live now to the police headquarters uh, where my colleague uh joseph akable uh, is standing by with the latest on this uh, joseph so this is now formal the police uh are done doing the talking they filed the formal charge now and appears the mp will be appearing before court that is according to ACP Kwesio Fori, who is the Director General in charge of public affairs. And he granted us an interview shortly after having an interaction with uh, some leading civil society organizations in Ghana. And the point he makes is that they have filed the summons already. They've sent the charges to the court. And so the date has been fixed for November 8th. And the question about what charges have been leveled against him, he says it has to do with unlawful blockade of road as well as destruction of public property. And that is the issue that they've been investigating the MP for for quite some time now, and we all know the disagreement that has occurred between them and Parliament. And so he says those studies have been filed, and the MP is expected to show up in court on November 8th. Uh, the other issue that we put before him has to do with the issues that have arisen from that same event, that October 25 protest that took place at Medina. You recall that the MP's personal bodyguard has been interdicted, and again, the issues relating to 
uh, whether some two police officers who had attempted to arrest him, you know that Parliament had extended an invitation to the two police officers to show up. Uh, ACP Principal tells us that that invitation is yet to reach Parliament. And once it reaches Parliament, a firm decision will be taken as to whether these men should show up or not. We also know that in the last couple of hours, Parliament has issued a statement uh, raising issues about the process that is being used against the Madina MP. Uh, Mr. Christopher says time will tell whether that this procedure they are using currently is right or not. But what he can tell us is that the latest is that the charges have been filed against the MP and they expect him to show up in court on November 8th. The latest is that the police have obtained criminal summons and have been duly served for him to appear in court on the 8th of November. What are the, what are the charges against him? As we enumerated, um, of certain public highway, causing damage, among other things. Uh, in terms of uh, your men who are supposed to appear before Parliament, I mean, w- what generally does the police think about that particular invitation? And secondly, there's a statement the, the, from Parliament... The invitation has officially not come to the attention of the administration. But the men and, 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 when, and when that comes, the administration may take a firm decision. Parliament is raising issues about how you are going about the arrest of the MP. I mean, this afternoon they've issued a statement saying that they don't think you are using the right procedure. The future might determine that. And so, uh, Joseph, they expect the MP to appear in court on the 8th, on the 8th of November. That is so, Evans. And again, they raise the question now, they have to serve this uh, on him in person. We know the challenge has been, uh, the speaker has said quite clearly, the immunity uh, poses a, you know, some huge questions about the process. That is going to be a challenge going forward now that he's secured the, the formally filed his criminal charges. Uh, if we are to understand closely what Mr. Kusifori said, the ACP Kusifori said, he used the expression that filed and duly served. And in this relation, he was referring to the MP. And so what I understand from that interaction with him should be that service has raised the MP as to whether that will be added will be matters that the MP will be in a position to tell. Uh, in terms of the civil society organization that participated in this particular engagement, uh, they had cause to comment on this particular issue as well. And they have been encouraging the police to go out and do its work once they believe that they have probable cause uh, to go ahead with it. Uh, Mr. Kofi Bentel, uh, he spoke on behalf of the CSOs, and he says, as far as he's concerned, no one has immunity except the President of the Republic of Ghana. And so whoever believes that the police has to be, are allowed to do its work needs to submit when the police have reason to believe that they want to investigate the person, they want to arrest the person, or they want to ask questions of the person. And Joseph, uh, just before uh, we we go, uh, just for clarity again, what are the criminal charges that the police have now filed against the Medina MP? They said it relates to destruction of public property and unlawful blockade of a public road, and those are the charges that have been leveled against it. Uh, Joseph, thank you very much. And just as uh, this is happening, in the last uh, hour or so, uh, Parliament, the parliamentary service under the authority of the Speaker, have also issued a strongly worded, detailed statement in which uh, the parliamentary service uh, describes the police's action as, quote, gross disrespect to the Honourable Speaker and Parliament. Uh, they also go on to say that it's thus disingenuous and a blatant affront to the Parliament of Ghana for the police service to ignore 
the aforementioned letter. This is the letter uh, from the Speaker of Parliament uh, indicating that Parliament will not be releasing the uh, said Member of Parliament, Francis Xavier Susu, uh, for the purposes the police had attempted uh, to arrest him. Um, the police say now, as we're just uh, joining us, uh, they've done talking, and they've done the, they've done with the back and forth, and they have now gone ahead to file uh, criminal uh, uh, you know charges against him. We understand this, the understanding is that he may have been served already. Um, we may we'll have to check that. Uh, with the with the member of parliament, if indeed he's been served. Uh, by the way, this is uh, a major issue on the floor of parliament uh, as we speak currently. Uh, let's quickly go to parliament now. Let's speak to uh, Parker Wilson, who's joining us uh, with that uh, angle to this uh, developing story. Parker, uh, you, this news is just coming from the police headquarters. Has it filtered through yet? Because it's coming shortly after the speaker uh, and the parliamentary service also issued their own strongly worded statement. Yeah, so uh, everyone uh, that's the information we picked up was a while ago, and of course, members of the House, uh, the statement you referenced to with regards to the one from the Speaker, incensed over 10 by the police arrest, uh, the Madina MP, even though he's referred the matter to the Privileges Committee. But fortunately for me, I have with me the board member of Parliament, uh, Mr. Kofi Adams here, and the news coming in is that your colleague, uh, Madina MP, has been charged. Um, for you, your quick reaction on this Well, I think for all this while, we've been indicating that nobody is opposed to the application of rule of law. What we want is that due processes be respected. And that if the police have decided to charge him, that's good. And he's prepared to go to court and then face the charges. Once they are able to serve him, you must also realize that service on him is going to go through another process. Mm. Because there are constitutional provisions to serve a, a, a sitting member of parliament. So they have to go through those processes. I will see how they would overcome that. And once they do that, he will be in court to answer to those uh, charges that will be preferred against him. So what the House, I mean Parliament, to release him, for him to go through the yeah, process? We haven't because got because we between him and the police. We haven't gotten there. I think the House problem has been infringing on his rights and the privileges that he has as a member of That has been the worry of this House. And that's a matter that Mr. Speaker referred to the Privileges Committee to pride into and to make sure that they make a recommendation to plenary for us to take a final action on it. So now that we have been told that he's been charged, we are not opposed to the charge. We are not opposed at all. They find him, they will save him, he will answer at the other court. What we were opposed to is attempted arrest without going through Mr. Speaker first. And that is what we were worried about. And that is what we were opposed to. They are not opposed. If they have done their investigations and they feel that the investigations is enough for them to take to court and that they want to prosecute the matter, fine. I see, and finally, from yesterday, I didn't see the chamber today. He's in the chamber. Do you know his whereabouts currently? Well, there are a lot of committee activities going on. So I believe that he may be in one. Of such meetings. Yesterday, myself, I came into the chamber. I sat for the first part of it, went for a committee meeting. By the time I got back, they have closed. So maybe he may also be in one of that committee's engagements. All right, so, Emma, that's Kofi Adams. I don't know if you have any further questions for him, but mm. for him, uh, the House is ready to believe us uh, so to go through the process now that we know that the police has officially charged him. 
Uh, Paka, thank you very much. And that's it. That's uh, the uh, breaking news uh, this afternoon. The police have now formally filed criminal charges, uh, uh, the unlawful blockade of the road and uh, destruction to public property against the Medina MP and is expected to appear before court on November 8th. This is the Joy FM breaking news story. on-air business development program Joy Business Masterclass is in session and you can interact with us on Facebook via the Joy 99.7 FM or Joy Business pages. If you tweet, the handle is at Joy 997 FM or at Joy Business GH. Don't forget to hashtag JB Masterclass. You can also call us on 0302-216541 or send your questions and contributions through to the WhatsApp number 551 and our facilitators will address your concerns. Attention, everyone. Class is in progress. This is Masterclass. If you have any motor vehicle of any kind, God has some great news for you. And God is rewarding all of its prepaying Go customers with 2 percent discount per fuel every time you buy fuel. You also enjoy discounts on lubricants at Gold stations nationwide. So elevate your goodness by joining the Gold Go Club today and enjoy up to 3 percent litre discount on every fuel that you purchase. Masterclass today is brought to us by Goyle. Goyle Good Energy. Goyle Yenara Yedia. It's also brought to us by Lancaster University, the only British university campus in all of West Africa. We want to go straight to the phone lines and get interactive. Today we're having a conversation here with Mr. Richard Osei Enim and we're sort of broaching the conversation on the future of work. Surely you've heard that conversation on how everything is changing and catalyzed even more so by COVID-19, the onset of COVID-19. So today the way we dress is changing, the way we work is changing, the way we shop is changing, the way we prepare ourselves is changing. Everything is changing today and everything is becoming fast. We used to talk about fast food and fast everything, but today is super fast everything. Numbers to call 0302216541. You can also send us your comments on 0551111997. What has your experience as a business owner been when you read on the internet, when you read World Fora reports, McKinsey reports on the internet, on Google, on LinkedIn? What is changing around you as CEO and how do those changes affect your work? How are you going to position yourself in the next five years, the next 10 years? What are the significant changes that you are seeking to make or you are learning about so that you can position yourself and survive. Because change is inevitable. It is only those who refuse to change who will die out. But if you position yourself properly, then you will be in pole position. Numbers to call again, 0302-216-541. That's 0302-216-541. Or send us your comments on 055 We're also streaming live on Facebook. Richard, let's continue our conversation. And um, as the phone yeah. lines are open, the calls will come through. We'll try right. and fill them alongside as well. But let's try and deliver the okay. remainder of the content as well, if we can. Right, okay. Cheers. So I was just about talking about the changing nature of the structure of industry. So, mm. for instance, you a company like IKEA mm. and, say, Walmart. The furniture company. What, uh, it took them 70 years to hit revenues that Alibaba's Tower achieved in 15 years. Much longer. The structure, I mean, Alibaba comes in with an e-commerce platform mm. and they are able to deliver a retail 
experience or product mm-hmm. that delivers revenue that equals that of a company that has been around for 70 years. Mm. That's just food for thought. Mm. I was talking about 15, 15 years versus 70 years. 70. So last night, I happened to chance on the vice president's uh, digitalization mm-hmm. agenda. Mm-hmm. in, uh, And one of the quotes that I picked up was, suddenly, you've got national ID. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, ad- addressing system. Mm-hmm. You've got NHI. I mean, all these convergence of data. Mm-hmm. He goes, having put together these large databases mm-hmm. as a result of digitization our focus will now turn into earlier to data analytics through big data mm-hmm. artificial intelligence machine learning to provide solutions to many challenges we face we will leverage on the progress we have made with digital digitalization to drive innovation for the youth mm-hmm. if anybody is looking for an opportunity to think about what is going to happen in the next four five years mm-hmm. There's a space to be thinking about. The growing job demands, data analysts and scientists, mm-hmm. AI machine learning specialists, big data specialists, digital marketing and strategy specialists, process automation specialists, business development professionals, digital transformation specialists, information security analysts, software and application developers, and Internet of Things specialists. I mean, I'll be talking about vocational <laughs> and technical education in, in the next two, three weeks. But... Imagine you being in a technical school today and you're uh, repairing fridges uh, that are, um, what, what's the word? They are not, they are not smart, mm-hmm. what do you call it? Uh, analog. Uh, analog. Uh, you come out. So how do you feel going through an education system where the curriculum that you engaged in is obsolete? It's obsolete by the time you graduate. Let's say it slowly. You pay f- money to school fees <laughs> to learn a course that by the time you finish learning it, it is useless to the world. That's, that's what we are talking if about. If, if people miss anything, uh, there are two things I, 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 mm-hmm. I talked about. If an algorithm replaces your job today, mm-hmm. what would you do? And if you're studying in school now and the curriculum you're studying, by the time you graduate, it is not fit for purpose. What do you do? Uh, so for the okay, so for the student who's listening to us who says, I don't get to choose the curriculum, but I'm learning it anyway. Now there's the internet, right? So you can learn alongside, read other things. There's Coursera, there's Udemy, there's mm. uh, okay. One gig I got last mm-hmm. week said I should be a content architect. I just went on Udemy, picked a course for eighty five. Mm-hmm. Well, within two three hours, I had a fair idea what what the course was about or what they mm-hmm. asked me to do, and if I pursued it, followed mm-hmm. the whole thing, I would have ended up with a certificate. Wow. I see on your slide, and for those of us who are watching us live on Facebook, mm-hmm. they are the top 10 declining, and this one is not prophecy. Mm-hmm. It's just based <laughs> on data. You know, you spoke yeah. about data. Yeah. I will come back to the top 10 emerging areas. Yeah. Again, we'll go yeah. right again, but let's talk about the top 10 declining areas. If uh, you're in any of these fields, yeah. we're not saying that you are in a bad place. What we're saying is that if you're already there, you're already there. Yeah, just just be, add value to yeah. yourself and let's look at But if you are now going there, you can do something different. It's about rethinking, mm. retooling, yeah. and retraining. Rethinking, rethinking retooling. Retooling and retraining. retraining. So, data entry clerks, accounting, bookkeeping, payroll If you're a data entry clerk, it's fine. Add more value. But if you are looking to become a data entry clerk, we are saying that it's on the top 10 declining yeah. job lists yeah. across the world in the next, how many years? 15, 20 years? No, this is about five years. This, this, in the next five, the next ten five years, years, 
across the world, data entry will become because the computers are now you can't. Have you, do you, do you, <laughs> I figured out, did you know <laughs> that you can talk to? So a friend calls me and says, Yeah, my eight year old son yeah. is on the computer in the study all the time. And I'm wondering how he, did he learn to type? Yeah. So one time I went there and I realized that so many windows were open. The boy doesn't know how to type. He goes on Google and finds out that there's a microphone yeah. on the Google taskbar. Yeah, yeah. So he talks to the Speech computer. recognition. Find yeah. um, gummy bears yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Then the computer talks back. Gummy bears on YouTube. Play now. <laughs> Seven-year-old kids are yeah. doing this. You cannot still be doing data entry. I, 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 I cite an example of my, my two-year-old niece playing mm. around with a tablet. Uh, and I come to Accra and I go to a place like Choco. Mm. It's an alien, alien mm. concept. But we'll talk about education, but let's run through this quickly. Please. Data entry clerks, accounting, bookkeeping, and payroll clerks. Mm-hmm. In fact, the IBM Watson, mm-hmm. uh, what do you call it, can actually do, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, these accounting, accounting Focus and, uh, models. Models, forecasts, cash flows, uh, business. I mean, it's, it's intelligent enough to, to do that. In Allen and Overy, uh, a top legal firm in, mm. in the UK, they, they, are, they are using AI to deal with cases, case law. Mm. So you, paralegals, paralegals and will become a state. Automated. They so will now computers state. are not doing that. Yes. Yes. I mean, the side of the case law, they, they can actually go across jurisdictions and look at and different cross-reference. and cross-reference. Okay. Administrative mm-hmm. and executive secretaries, assembly and factory workers, client information, customer service workers, business services and admin managers, accountants. When you spoke about mm-hmm. a little factory workers, it, it reminds me of a, of a documentary I saw mm-hmm. about something as simple as tin tomato. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And along the production line, you know, hitherto there were, there, you know, there were human beings making sure that, you know, it's packed yeah. properly. The computer is cutting the tins, is mixing the precision, the, the precision, precision, is cutting. filling it, is washing it, yeah. is dusting it up, is packing it, it's packing and it. is loading it. Yeah, I, I was telling you earlier on that uh, I had an account, an encounter in a restaurant. My only intervention with a human being was when they came to serve the food. So you go in, you 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 the barcode, mm-hmm. you whatever you choose, whatever I want, and then he goes into a kitchen whatever is prepared you you have no and and even in some restaurants there are robots going around actually serving anyway the other side of the conversation maybe we'll talk about that later <laughs> but we should save a bit of our humanity <laughs> okay so now we're number six of top 10 declining jobs yes um, um business service accountants auditors we've talked about material recording and stock keeping clerks general operations managers postal service clerks I mean, our PNT pretty much is. is I mean, when, was la- when was the last time you actually wrote a letter? A letter. Emojis have replaced that. <laughs> <laughs> Emojis have replaced. You know, but let's go back to the top ten. So the yeah, top ten. Yeah. What's going to happen in the world five, ten years from now? Top ten places to look at. Data analysts and scientists. Wow. AI machine learning specialists. Big data special, and that's mm-hmm. going to happen right here in Ghana mm-hmm. with all the data, the reams and reams and this, of data. This infor- that we the source going. of this information is the World Economic Forum. Yes, so it's looking at it globally. This is not, uh, the, the, we used to say, I don't know if it's still valid, but we used to say when America sneezes, the, the rest of the world catch, catch, we, we catch a cold. We catch a cold, yes. You know, but this is globalization and it's fullest and it's going to hit us. Uh, 
in, in so I think it's a question of people uh, shifting their mindsets. The conversation over the next three, four weeks is about, look, we should start thinking seriously about the next 5, 10, 15, mm. 20 years. And also for your kids in school, what sort of skills should they be should thinking they be about? Getting? Uh, top 10 skills, uh, 2025, An- analytical thinking and innovation, active learning and learning strategies, complex problem solving, critical thinking and analysis, mm. uh, creativity, originality and initiative, leadership and social influence, technology use, monitoring and control, technology design and programming, resilience, stress tolerance and flexibility. Are you able to work with different people from different backgrounds, from different cultures? Are you globally employable? Mm. Can you live here and go and work in a place like, say, India mm. or Bahrain? Or, I mean, are you, glob- are you a global citizen? Mm-hmm. And a big issue now is about climate change and global warming and well, the so The world climate change is ongoing now. It's ongoing now. And what sort of, uh, how are we shaping the minds of uh, 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 our youth and kids in mm. schools on some of these things? And the last, reasoning, problem solving and ideation. Wow. So, so, so if, this, if these are the skills that uh, are required, are required of the future, the, the students. I mean, I, I have a whole thing on, on teachers that mm. we'll talk about, what you call it. Then the teachers that are teaching them, are they fit for purpose? Mm. Mm. It means that we need to start adding some value. You know, so if you're expecting your kids to have these types of skills, mm-hmm. then whoever is delivering education is a person fit for purpose. Uh, thank God that the channel of education today is not it's not just one. And you mentioned a number of You're channels. right. You're right. I mean the the online uh, there there are some that are doing there are even situations where people are on campus but take the first year of their course fully online. Okay, they're, they're looking at um, options where people have a balance mm-hmm. between doing some face to face what do you call it because yes we are social beings uh, the interaction with uh, with your with your i mean campus life and mm-hmm. semester i mean all, all that goes on in commonwealth and 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 these other halls you will miss if if you did everything everything that's part of the university experience Indeed. so it's about striking a balance between Indeed. having the face to face what do you call it and there's even research that says that cohort based Cohort-based learning mm-hmm. is proven to be a lot more effective than individual learning. I suppose it's the external motivation it comes with. External motivation, a little bit of competition, uh, the engagement, the, 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 the sort of a social interaction is, is very key. So, in summary, what does this mean to, first of all, the business owner today in Ghana? Seeing as the, the playing field has started to change, I won't say it's going to change, has started to change. What's one of the, 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 should I say, identifiable impacts to the business owner in Ghana today? Uh, this old adage of adapt, adapt or die. Mm. Uh, we, we scientists said uh, that only the strongest, uh, what do you call or it? Survive. survive. Yeah. Uh, your, uh, your ability to adapt, mm-hmm. to, to change. So if everybody is shifting online or everybody's, uh, I, one of the things I do not have patience for is waiting to, pay, what do you call it, tap and go. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if everybody has that system and you are not converting to that kind of system, 
um, how relevant you're going to become obsolete. What sort of skills are you giving to your your staff? How are you preparing them for for the future? Is your business in an industry which could become obsolete? Mm. We were talking about a, a, a company uh, earlier on that mm-hmm. when we were kids. It was a very vibrant indeed, company. Indeed, we indeed. were talking about succession planning. We were talking about, I mean, businesses go bad all the time. Mm-hmm. But there are all sorts of things that, uh, interventions, on, interventions that, can, take place, yeah. that can take place uh, for you to, to, to survive. But this thing about adapt, adapt or die is very real. In, in, in so it's absolutely important for business owners. If you're listening to us, you're a business owner. What we're saying is that generally, today we've introduced the conversation and we sort of touched on a sphere of things that are changing across the world. These are not things that are far away. These are not things that are in tomorrow. They are in today. They've already started. So begin to educate yourself as a business owner. Read. There's a lot of information going on. The World Economic Forum, the World Climate Forum is going on. Things are changing. The way you do things is changing. The Internet of Things. We're talking about the future of work. You're a, a work provider. People come to you and they earn a living from you. But very soon, if you don't put yourself in the right place, you're going to become obsolete. Yeah. Going away from today's conversation, what should people remember if they forget 